Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. one question for you, Craig. Just just one simple question. Why is your 0-4 fantasy baseball team without Jack Sawinski, who's literally floating around <laughs> in free agency right now in this league that is across the country, right? So it's it's not all Pirates fans in the league, and he's been ignored. And here's a guy who is doing something that I couldn't have imagined in the offseason. If you told me a guy that basically hit an OPS plus of around 100 and had a 200 batting average and was wildly inconsistent, was going to go out in his first 84 plate appearances and hit 279 with a 10-11 OPS and an OPS plus of 172 patrolling center field, I would have said, where did you practice witchcraft at and how can I get you to do some for me? I mean, that's how I would have felt. And, and you still haven't put him on your team. What are you? Are you nervous? Are you, are you afraid that if you add him, he'll start to suck? That's, that's why I haven't added him because, I mean, I should have added him probably about two weeks ago. The first week of the season, he was – people were calling for his DFA. He did, well, they were wrong. Yeah, and they didn't, he didn't <laughs> hit well in spring, but he was also adapting to a new hitting stance. So what witchcraft is he practicing? I, whatever Andy Haynes is selling him because Andy Haynes worked with him on this. We give Andy Haynes a lot of crap, and Andy Haynes did something very good here. And I'm just not adding him because, Chris, you've also seen my team that as soon as I add somebody, they either have or put them in the starting lineup. They have, like, the worst week, or they get injured. Like, I didn't even put – I have Bryce Harper, and he, I heard he was coming back. I didn't even put him in the lineup this week just out of fear that he would, like, step on to the field and, like, his elbow would just fall off or something. So I, I do not want to jinx Jack Swinski. Well, I think the funniest thing is that uh, years ago, here when Bucks in the Basement was in his infancy and you joined that Dynasty League, I asked the question, which rebuild would end first, the Pirates or Yinsplosion, your fantasy baseball team? And I'm going to tell people listening right now, the Pirates rebuild is ending quicker than Craig's, who is perpetually one of the worst teams in the league and is full of prospects that haven't panned out yet. And meanwhile, look at the Pirates. Look at what they're doing right now. I don't know how sustainable it is for the whole year. I know that fan graphs just put them at like 32% odds to make the playoffs and people got really angry about it. But you have to remember, coming off of a 100-loss season, with everything pieced together the way it is, it would be almost historical 
to see them make the postseason. Winning the division would be something that you would just sit back and say, where the hell did that come from? On the other hand, I see such positives when looking at this team for the future because what, what do they need the most? They need to be able to operate within their cheapskate owner's budget. And their, their general manager and their talent scouts, especially pro scouting but also minor league scouting, has to identify players at the right time, things that they can fix, player development has to step in, and they may not always have the marquee addition, but they will find the little additions to win. If they could do that, they'd be much like the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's a drum that we have beaten on this show for the last couple of years. Well, I can look at guys like Mark Mathias being added to this team and Connor Joe being added to this team and even bringing back Kutch and, and, and then look over at Carlos Santana standing over at first base hitting 276 with a 786 OPS when, when a lot of people would think, does he have anything left? Can he play Major League Baseball? Jason DeLay in his second season, getting a chance, one less plate appearance right now than Hedges, and he's hitting 390 with a 1045 OPS. I want to see more of that guy and see whether or not something has clicked with him. Just all the little additions, the guys that have been given chances, it may have been frustrating to watch some of the scrap heap players come into this organization and play badly, but they identified so many pieces that other teams passed on. And that's why I'm excited for not only this year, but the future, because no matter what nutting is, if Charrington in his front office and his player development and his pro scouting can continue to find players at this level that can perform like this, this is a team that could convert into something similar to how the Rays perform instead of how like the Oakland A's perform with their budget. Yeah, and the things that they've done where they've had you know, Kanan Smith and Jigba wasn't getting the at-bats, wasn't performing that well. Um, he gets option back down. Miguel Anjouar's hitting well down in AAA. They bring him up, and it's a little spark plug into the offense. They're not letting stuff, you know, just sit there and, and suffer. You know, in previous years, we talked about it being a tryout. In some ways, there's tryouts, but those are happening more at, you know, AA and AAA, where they should be happening, as opposed to, you know, here on the Major League roster, they're giving guys who are struggling. We saw G1 Bay hit really well at the beginning of the season, you know, hit a little bit of a slump, kind of coming back. He's, you know, having those those rookie walls and those little rookie farts, uh, brain farts, like mistakes. And but Rookie farts. That's yeah, the name of my farts. new band. Yeah. Yeah. Rookie farts is going to be the new name. That's, <laughs> I'm going to change Gensplosion to rookie farts and that's, maybe they'll actually the win something. the name of my new band. Yeah. Well, but I mean, look at that. I mean, look at even the fact that you lose O'Neill Cruz and how devastating that is, right? As you're looking long term, but he'll be back one day and Rodolfo Castro filling in well, right? I mean, Marcano, I mean, look at this guy. Look at, look at Marcano and what he's done in his limited time coming off of the bench. And just if you go through their stat sheet, you just look at it and you go, man, this is what you imagined a year ago, a year and a half ago. And then last year was so disappointing because so many guys just couldn't put it together. And But now we're seeing the development. I think that's the key here. You know, Don't get angry about fan graphs saying you have a 32% chance at the postseason. Don't get angry about that. Be happy about that in the offseason you said if this team could learn how to win and be a 500 baseball team coming off of a 100-loss season. Remember when I said that and how much you laughed at that? Yeah. It, it seems like a real possibility. This is what David Sampson said on this show 
former uh, president of baseball operations and general manager for the Marlins when they won a World Series, has taken some heat uh, over some of his business practices, but a lot of the stuff that he said has been dead on. He said this was the year you had to learn to win so that 2024 would be the true opening of your window. And I love seeing all the things that are happening right now on the field. And the off the field stuff is so interesting. Nobody's talking about the news that came out over the weekend. Tell people about it. Yeah. And the news that came out was something, Chris, that we had talked about before this season. And we were talking about like development on the North shore and how teams like, you know, the Cubs and the Rangers and the Braves and the Padres have all like invested in the areas around their stadiums. Well, I know that some of it is is kind of blocked by who owns it. The Steelers are also involved. There's different types of stuff. But I didn't see this really shared anywhere. Is it the it, it was the headline. It, it was on the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Mark Belko wrote this, and it's called a brand new ball game. Pirates step into real estate to help enliven the North Shore, game or not. And they are buying a thirty thousand square foot outdoor plaza that they're going to develop. They also are, are buying a, a 1,500-square-foot bar and restaurant, and they're going in with the Steelers to build their own uh, parking garage. I think it's like over 400 cars going to be called the Champions Garage that is going to be – it's owned by the, the Pirates and the Steelers. And this is something that we talked about them doing that, you know, the revenue is going to have to come from somewhere. And we were kind of like fighting against these other teams that had this additional revenue. Well, here's some of that additional revenue right there. So when people complain, like, what is Travis Williams doing? Believe me, Travis Williams, he stuck his foot in his mouth. He did whatever. But I think we've also been saying, Chris, that Travis Williams was brought in here – to do stuff within the community, to, to build up the, you know, the experience at the ballpark, to probably negotiate a new TV contract or whatever it's going to be with, with Major League Baseball. And that's really important right now. That's really important right now. Look, you, you, know, what's, you know what's great about what they're doing and those development uh, developments that, are, that you're talking about? One, you mentioned all those teams that have done the same thing. What, what do they have in common? They... they they're they're generally successful and if they have down years they rebuild quickly and they have revenue streams other than just uh the gate if you if you read anything i mean go go search baseball finances go look at the you know interviews that owners and those in the know have done over the last couple of years look at the issues going on right now with streaming and the regional sports channels and major league baseball the majority of the money that teams are bringing in is coming from regional sports channels if they have them set up correctly. Some of them are failing and some of them are falling apart. Streaming is not going to be as profitable. And that's why Major League Baseball is taking its sweet time. And that's why they black you out from watching uh, Pirates games if you get the MLB package in Pittsburgh. Okay, there's, there's a reason for that. It, it's not as lucrative as the TV deals that they've had. But those are starting to go away. Teams have to start finding better ways to make additional income because even though Bob Nutting is a billionaire, and trust me, this is not me letting him off the hook. He's cheap. He's clearly not going to spend his own money on this, right? He's not going to go write a personal check from Bob Nutting to go get you what you need on the team. The, the only alternative is that the Pirates organization finds a way to continue to increase their yearly revenue 
And then you couple that with the revenue sharing that Major League Baseball gives you. And as we talked about, start heading in the direction of what the Padres did over the last couple of years, where now they're not even getting the revenue sharing because of what they've been able to earn. And look at what they were able to do in the free agent marketplace. That's the blueprint. The blueprint's not only identifying talent and structuring your organization similar to the Rays because you have a low payroll and because nutting won't spend, but it's also finding those extra streams like what the Padres did. So when it does come time to go out and get a guy like a Manny Machado at 10 years, 300 million, you may actually have a seat at the table. I mean, you really do need to, at some point, be able to go out and get a couple of real free agents if you're going to go from rebuild to division contender to division champion to World Series contender to World Series champion. Because in the end, I know we all forgot about this over the last couple of years because of how bad things have been, but that is the ultimate goal. And all of these things mean something if they're done correctly in terms of getting you to that ultimate goal. Yeah, and I even talked about it from like the time that I was out at, in, in St. Louis at the Ballpark Village. I mean, just building up this atmosphere that you want to come to the ballpark not only when the team is playing, but also when the team's not playing. And, and Bob Nutting, I mean, he, he has shown up here in these last two off-seasons. I mean, we already mentioned, you know, with, with Brian Reynolds the previous year, stepping in and saying, why are we fighting this guy over this little bit of money? Let's make something happen. Giving the deal to Cabrian Hayes. And then actually bringing Brian Reynolds and Ben Charrington back to the table to get Brian Reynolds's, you know, what a great deal fran- for the Pirates. franchise. Re- but it's still a franchise record that you, everybody's like saying, "No, oh, Bob Nutting will never spend over a hundred million dollars." Bob well, Nutting, Bob Nutting has a hundred and seventy million dollars invested in two players over like the next seven, eight years. So now, now listen, deep down in the end, the payroll is still way too low annually. Absolutely. There's still a lot more that has to be done. Okay. And, and let's be honest, it's a great negotiating tactic to tell your general manager, this is my limit. And then let him go out there and have the fight for a couple of months. And then when you realize you've gotten it right to the end with the closing point, you step in as the owner and you make the final deal. Like I once worked for a window replacement guy for about six months. He had these big dreams of like, like expanding his business. He did replacement windows and it was right, right around the time I was getting out of radio and I was looking for the next thing that I wanted to do. And I had, you know, kids and I was like, I got to find something to do immediately. And somebody suggested go over here and work for work for Jimmy up the street. Okay. And, and, and I remember that if somebody wanted to purchase windows, I didn't have the ability to change the price as much as he could. And so like, that was his great negotiating tactic. Let me get real close with the person on the big giant deal. And then he steps in knowing what the real number is and makes the deal. And then he walks around feeling real good about himself. And everybody's like, Jimmy's great. Jimmy wasn't that great. But I mean, but like, but that's, like, that's, that's, that's a great tactic right there. I'm glad it worked out for the Pirates. There's good news in there, but let's not all put him up on a pedestal quite yet. Okay. Bob Nutting's got a lot of work to do before I start trusting him. Yeah, and and but here's my thing is is what the point that I would be getting at beyond that is if if Bob Nutting has put this much money in and invested this much, you know, towards a team, I can't see him completely stopping. And he said as much. He goes, "We're just getting started." Now, do I think that there's going to be, you know, another Brian Reynolds contract on top of this, which is what people are asking for in like something for O'Neill Cruz? Maybe not. But it, to me, it's like okay. 
we've gotten him to like if you look at the payroll that it's it's steadily going to go up for the guys that are going to start hitting arbitration for the guys that are going to be getting to their second and third year of arbitration it's going to steadily go up and it's almost like that they're going to do it at like a on a an elevator they're just going to elevate it just up a little bit at a time like just a staircase they're just going to go up that but for for bob nutting to do that like especially for people like the saga of this whole thing i i have to touch on for just a second because the amount of just like overreactions and stuff that happened throughout this was absolutely hysterical people saying that brian that brian Reynolds was going to hold out that he was going to be you know a distraction in spring training that then all of a sudden when it didn't get done by opening day that it was never going to get done no I, I feel and like we told them all they were wrong, Craig. Let's never let's never forget that. Remember how much we laughed at how stupid some of that stuff was. Yeah. Right? I mean, some people say that stuff for clicks. I mean, I get it. You know, you want people to click on your blog, so you write crazy things and then you tweet it out. I, I understand. But I think the reasonable people, the adults in the room, understood this was probably going to go a different way. And we sat back hopeful that it would go the way that it went. And luckily it did go the way that it went. But I mean, like this is this is how big boys, this is how people with a lot of money, this is how things sometimes go in negotiations, and it worked out just fine for the Pirates. And, and, and that's the thing. Look, I'm not telling you right now to believe in every single thing your front office tells you or what Bob Nutting tells you. I'm not telling you that because, it, I, again, the trust is not there completely. I will tell you this, though. I'm impressed with what Ben Charrington's front office has done to this point. I, I, I am. It doesn't mean that it ma- it it really doesn't matter if they don't finish the job. If they don't finish the job, I'll have my pitchfork and my torch and I'll hand everybody else theirs and we'll march down there and we'll demand uh, heads on pikes. I understand. But right now, it's okay to sit there and say, "Hey, they seem to know. They seem to have a plan. They seem to know what they're doing. Let's see what happens next." I mean, look at the payroll right now. Spot track and also fan graphs have the Pirates at about $75 million for this season. If you just came up to the league average, $160 million, that's what it is this year in Major League Baseball. Imagine if you went into the offseason and your team just got close to the league average, what you could add to this team right now in the offseason that would make them a legit walk out of spring training playoff contender that could walk in and if constructed correctly with with the right pieces be able to play playoff style baseball could make noise in the postseason in 2024 and then ask yourself did you even believe that was possible six months ago i mean there's no way that people could have believed it was possible and that's why like we we're telling people to like kind of calm down with with them being at like whatever it is 32 percent chance for the 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 playoffs right now you're gonna drive yourself nuts this would be like somebody who's like in the stock market and puts like you know invest i mean we're all invested in the pirates we're invested in you know the team or we wouldn't be having a podcast you wouldn't be listening to this podcast you wouldn't be watching all the games you wouldn't be getting fired up on you know days that they lose i mean they lose to the nationals in the final game after a three-hour rain delay and you would have thought you know the world was ending Well, that's the other thing. People don't seem to understand it's a 162-game schedule. And you're 8-2 over your last 10 as we sit here. And you're 20-9 for crying out loud. 20-9 out of the gate in a division that's got nothing but holes. 
right? St. Louis is off to a 10 and 19 start. Cincinnati is not even a contender. I don't expect them to be any kind of problem whatsoever. And the Cubs are just hovering above 500. Milwaukee's lingering at 18 and 10. You're going to have fun this summer. I'm not saying that like, this is all you, this is yours to lose. Like you should just start printing the playoff tickets yet. It's only the beginning of May for crying out loud, but I mean, enjoy the ride a little bit, you know? I mean, like look at, look ahead at just the schedule here in May. I mean, you're going to run into some tough teams. You got Tampa Bay right here, three games set in Tampa. They're the hottest team in baseball. You got to go play the Blue Jays then. They come to you. This could be a very difficult six-game stretch, and you may come out of it going, oh, man, we got punched in the face. And that's what happens with developing teams. The question will be, after they go through this six-game stretch, do they then beat up on the Rockies and show the Orioles our rebuild is better than yours before going to Detroit and being bum slayers. And, and like that, that's what they have to do. You know, look, it'll be fun to see if they can hang in there with the big boys, but even if they can't hang in there with the big boys, it's now up to Derek Shelton and, and, and those that are leaders on that team and on the bench to keep this team's spirits up when they run into a bad series, because there's no way this team does not go and play one of the best teams in baseball at some point and get their butts swept. They're young. They're new. They're going to have shortfalls. They're going to have shortcomings. They're going to have bad games, bad series. It's how do you react to it? How do you learn how to overcome adversity? And how do you build the culture for the long term? Because it's not about 2023 as much as it's about the rest of the 2020s. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me, Chris, is that, you know, the, the reactionary stuff, it's like, well, Johan Oviedo had, you know, two bad starts after so comple- what? completely lighting up St. Louis. And I'm like, he also pitched after a three hour rain delay. I don't, I don't know too many pitchers. I mean, I know Josiah Gray for the nationals had a good game, but every most teams, most teams after three hours sit there and say, we're going to go with somebody else. Yeah. Just because of a guy, you know, getting warmed up, getting set back yeah. down. We're going to start at this time. We're going to start at that time and all that different stuff. I mean, we saw Rich Hill have one of his worst starts of the year, even after, you know, a half an hour rain delay. So, yeah, I mean, and you, like I said, people were saying, you know, DFA Jack Sawinski after a week of baseball, saying that Kutch was the second coming of Kutch, you know, after two weeks of the season. Kutch has come back down to earth a little bit, still playing extremely well. But you can't expect, you know, Brian Reynolds to hit 400 for the season. You can't expect, you know, Mitch Keller to have a great outing every single time he goes out. I mean, look back in the, in the annals of baseball and see how many of even the best pitchers in the world, like nobody goes like 20 and 0. Like, so they're going to have bad games. So it, that's the thing is, Chris, is reminding people that this is. This is going to be like a little bit of a roller coaster, a little bit up and down. Maybe, hopefully, it's not as, you know, you're not doing any loops or anything and throwing the team all over the place. But for the most part, I mean, we've kind of already hit that with JT Brubaker being out for the season, Ono Cruz being out for four months, Harleen Garcia, who was our big pickup in the bullpen, still not able to hold a baseball. And, and the team is doing it through that. They're calling up guys from AAA and, and they're hitting the ground running, which is basically what we said they kind of had to do because you're not going to get as long of a leash this year as you would have in previous years. I mean, people are already talking, you know, you know, if Austin Hedges like continues to, str- would it be an Endy? Would it be a Henry? I mean, these are good conversations to have. If- right. It could be more delay for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, the guy's only 28. He's only 28. 
He got limited time last year, and in limited time right now, he seems hot. I mean, like, why not? Why not just, you know, he's going to get a little bit more of a look. Why? Because he earned it. That's part of developing a team as well, right? Part of developing a team and part of being a good team and part of making sure that you're continuously building. And this rebuild doesn't stumble and crumble and fall apart as other rebuilds have done. You want to take it? You want to see a rebuild that fell apart? Look at the Chicago White Sox. What did they do? They ripped apart their entire team, went into a rebuild, made the postseason in 2020 because they had they expanded the playoffs to basically everybody made it, like it was the NBA, and then <laughs> in a 60 game <laughs> schedule, and they backed into it too at the end. And then in 2021, they make the postseason and they get spanked because they just aren't built properly by the Astros in the first round. And then they then they just fall apart after that. And now they're one of the worst teams in baseball. That's that's a rebuild that went wrong. So accountability is probably a big problem over there. It seems to be, and you and that's one of the things that they've been asking in the Chicago press of uh, you know of the people that are in charge because they're calling for heads on pikes over there and for the entire front office and player development to just be cleaned out in Chicago because they completely screwed this up. You, what the what the Pirates front office has to do to avoid that and what their management and their staff and, and, and the coaches and everybody has to do is continue to have accountability. If somebody's performing well enough, they should be playing. If somebody is failing and falling apart, they don't play as much. It shouldn't matter where you are on a prospect list or where you are drafted. The best guys should play. The best teammates should be part of the team. And that's how you build. You can go get as many pieces as you possibly want to. But if a guy who's drafted in the seventh round happens to be better than the guy that was your first round and top of your prospect list, then the guy in the seventh round is really the player. You cast a wide net to try to find as much talent as possible, but you can't fall in love with what they're supposed to be. You got to fall in love with what they are. So you don't discount guys that are actually playing well, and you don't continue to stick with guys who have apps who just aren't showing anything. You got to give them a reasonable amount of time, right? Like with Zawinski, you got to give a reasonable amount of time. But as a team gets better, that amount of time shrinks because you can't sit around and wait for everybody once the train is on the tracks and barreling towards being a winning team. Let me just remind everybody of something real quick here, Craig, because we haven't we haven't had a contender in Pittsburgh in a while. Something my dad used to say all the time and his dad used to say, wait until after we get to Memorial Day weekend. When we get there or when we get to June 1st, then open up the standings. That's probably what you are. Okay, this month will be incredibly interesting for the Pirates after a hot April if they can play just 500 ball and they are and they're sitting and they're sitting as as high up. What, I mean, where are they at? Where are they are right now? They're they're 11 games over 500. If they play 500 in May and they're still 11 over 500. All right. Then you could start calling yourself a playoff contender. If they have a bad May, then the goal becomes get back up on your feet and win more games than you lost or end up somewhere at 500. But when you look at who they're playing, the Rays and the Blue Jays are really good. The Rockies are terrible. The Orioles are in the same boat as the, as the Pirates. That'll be interesting in Baltimore. The Tigers suck. The Diamondbacks, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too overly impressed with them. I know that they're 16 and 13, but I don't understand how they're doing it. So let's put them <laughs> in the same boat as, as the Pirates. The Rangers, we could put them basically in the same boat. As the Pirates, another team that's that's trying to get things going and, and is 17 and 11 out of the gate, you're going to see a lot of teams that were bad last year that you're going to run into this year who are going through the same thing as you. So this is a great test 
And then you get the Mariners, who have a 16% chance of making the postseason after the way it came out of the gate. And you got the Giants, but that's a West Coast trip. So it'll be very interesting to see where they come out at the end of May. And it'll give you a very good picture about this year. And it'll also start to tell you, how does this team react to adversity? Because I do not think May will go as easily as April. Yeah, and for me, like everybody, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, I always think of Memorial Day, and I'll always say, you know, it's a it's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I mean, there may be little you know mini sprints in here, and and trying to push past people. But for the most part, I mean, you you have to be patient with the team. I like the way, like you're saying, of of the way they're building. You know, I still think, and everybody is still talking about windows. Ben Sherrington has, has still always talked about waves, and as a person who watches the minor leagues, you know, I see talent in the lower levels as well as the upper levels whereas previously it was like okay if if we don't call this guy up you know this is our one shot then we don't know who we have behind that well I feel like there's finally that piece where we have people behind them I still feel like this thing that we talked about and I'll bring it back up again is to you know to expanding the revenue stream I, I feel like that they're building this in the right way and this isn't like some you know, quick, like, you know, light switch flips, and then all of a sudden everything goes away. I mean, like I said, you have Cabrian Hayes for, you know, six, seven more years if you want him. You have Brian Reynolds for eight, nine more years if you want him. So, I mean, that to me already signifies that, you know, things are get, are different in that you're playing a little bit of a long game here to be good for more than just this year. Yes, you want to start building this year, but, man, this is about 2024, 2025, 2026, and, and towards the end, you know, of the, the 2020s. If you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand, Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at www.shopyins, the emphasis on the two Zs, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold, made for Yins by a Yinzer. Bold prediction for you? Brian Reynolds and Mitch Keller make the all-star team this year. What do you think? I actually don't, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I know that this won't be the year where we get like the, the pity vote. I mean, I know that David Bednar earned it last year. David Bednar could earn it this year. You know, Brian Reynolds on his way. Mitch Keller well on his way. To me, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I, and if Jackson Whiskey continues this tear, you have to can, add him as, a, as a possibility too. But I, I mean, it's just so early on. You know, that's just more of like fandom. That's more like just being excited about a guy. Let's see how it goes. 
But I really do like what, what Mitch is doing right now. And this is what, you know, this really, remember, remember the last regime, how much they screwed him up, bringing him up and sending him down and bringing him up and sending him down. And again, you know, as we said at the beginning of the show, you, you want to find positives as a fan, but let's try to find tangible positives. I'm very encouraged by player development and scouting and what they've been able to identify and who they've been able to fix to this point. And, and as long as the wheels don't just all of a sudden fall off and we're not sitting here in a month or two months going, holy cow, that was a great April. And then they just became the pirates again. And I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. That's what you really should be excited about at this point. Yeah. And I just got to throw it in your face a little bit, Chris. How, how well is Vince Velasquez pitching right now? 18, I don't believe in him. 18, I don't. I'm 18, sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't. 18 I can't straight do- shutout innings, uh, Chris. Vince Velasquez, get it's on so... the Argyle Vinny train. <laughs> 